you're about to experience the Flexible Packaging Roundtable, a video podcast dedicated to all things flexible packaging. I'm your host, Sarah Janiszewski from Glenroy. Settle in and enjoy this episode. So hello and welcome everyone to the Flexible Packaging Roundtable. Today we are speaking with Stephanie Krubsack, sustainability and wellness creative, zero waste consultant, podcast host, and world traveler. And I am your host, Sarah Janiszewski. Uh, Thank you for being here, Stephanie. Uh, Are you ready to hop into the questions? Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's fun to be on the other side of a podcast. Usually I'm asking the questions. So yeah, thanks for having me. (laughs) Of course. And to start here, can you tell our viewers and listeners more about yourself and the work you do focused around the environment, sustainability, and wellness? Yeah, definitely. So I primarily help companies with their messaging for their sustainability initiatives, wellness initiatives, maybe their product or service. And that would include branding, website design and layout, email marketing, a lot of articles, a lot of writing on different sustainability initiatives and social media. So basically any touch point you'd have to share information with your stakeholders is what I work on. And then the second part of my business is also podcasting, sharing these great initiatives on wellness and sustainability, and then a new magazine called Person and Planet. Also, I should mention the podcast is the same name. So... Can you define or explain what carbon footprint is? Yeah, so the term means that it's basically anything that you do or purchase that creates carbon emissions. So that could include anything from, you know, your energy usage at home, whether you're using gas or electric, that you can, you know, document and add up what you consume in a month, in a year, and then your travel. So maybe you take public transport, maybe your own energy with your your bicycle, your two wheels, or your car, also your flight. So flights have a significant impact on emissions. It creates quite a large amount. And then things you may not always think about on a daily basis, what do you buy? How does it get to you? So that could include your food, you know, so that would, so for food, for example, that would include the transportation to get from the store to you. And then let's say you're buying body care products or clothing, what does the manufacturing process look like? So what emissions are created from running the machines to create the fabric to sew together that shirt that you buy? So yeah, it's, it's all of that combined together. So what you're consuming and what activities you do is your carbon footprint. Um, and generally that's calculated per year, what you're, what you're creating. Got it. What can we do to help combat our carbon footprint in our everyday lives? And building off that, how can flexible packaging help combat that as well? Yeah, so that's a great question. So I would say um, there's so many great tips out there of, you know, use use reusable bags, all the things like that. But a more general way I would say is to shift your mindset. So once you start thinking beyond yourself and your daily activities, your bubble, your, your how do you get from one day to the next, if you look beyond that about the ripple effect of your actions, and really looking at what are you doing, what are you buying, and just thinking of, yeah, the long-term effects of the environment, your community, all of that, to really consider how can you support businesses, services, products that are trying to do a bit better and are conscious of 
what emissions they're creating. Maybe they're offsetting it through charity. They're, you know, giving back to an organization that's trying to find ways to reduce emissions, things like that. So just a general overview of how can I restructure how I think. And I guess I could talk a bit about how that started for me when I started to get more into sustainability. I think for a lot of people, nature is a good start. So let's say you grew up playing outside and you love hiking, you love exploring. That is really, I think, maybe a starting point for a lot of people. And there's, you know, different reasons for really thinking and changing your mindset that way. But I know for myself, I started to do small challenges and looking at, okay, how, what can I do? Maybe that's something small that might have an impact over time. Like, for example, it could be how you get from one place to the next. So let's say you live in a city um, for example, Milwaukee, where we met, where I was living for a bit, I was able to go. I did a challenge. How long could I go without using my car? And I was lucky enough to live downtown. I went two weeks without driving my car because I could walk to the post office. I could walk to the grocery store. I could walk to coffee. So things like that, just looking at what am I doing today? What could I maybe do to slightly change that for the better? And I know in, in Wisconsin, for example, that's easier said than done. We don't have a great public transportation options and not everyone lives in town. I know I'm missing my four wheels right now. I traded in my car for a bike here in Germany. So it's an adjustment, but there's small things like that that you could look at. What am I doing today and how could I maybe make small changes um, Yeah, for tomorrow? Wonderful. Yeah, that's great advice. As a world traveler, can you touch on the perception of flexible packaging in Europe and other international countries and how recycling differs from the United States? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so since I've lived in Europe several times now, it's, it's interesting to see what, what is done differently. And I would say that, so for flexible packaging in Europe, it's quite huge. And I was, I was doing some research beforehand to get some numbers. And there is some varying information, but some recent articles that have come out have said that there's about 80% of fast-moving consumer goods are in flexible packaging. That's quite huge. That's a lot. So I would say there's definitely more flexible packaging and more glass in Germany than, let's say, aluminum cans. Um, of course, there's all of it. But one thing I notice is really nice. For example, if you're buying dried beans like lentils, for example, or chickpeas, typically it would be in flexible packaging, you know, in a maybe sealed bag or a regular plastic bag. But here I've noticed a lot of programs where it comes in a glass jar instead. And in the U.S., there are states that have it's called a bottle bill. So basically, let's say you buy a glass jar item or a canned item, there would be a return fee on the bottom. I know Michigan does this nearby where they upcharge the item slightly, but then when you return the item, you get that back. So um, here in Germany, they have that for, for the items and it's really cool. I tried it a few days ago. You go to your nearby grocery store, they have this little machine. It looks like an ATM machine and it has a little conveyor belt and you stick the glass jars or items in there and it scans the barcode and then registers it. So it, typically it's like 25 cent euro per item. So it'll put that on a little slip of paper for you and print it out. And then when you go buy your food, you get that money back from your bill, which is really great. So I have seen um, more of an encouragement for that buyback program 
And for example, I live nearby this really great organic farm. And if you buy, let's say, a glass bottle of milk or oat milk um, for myself, for example, you can bring that back and you would get that that feedback. So a lot of places are encouraging it, which is really good. Um, another big difference I should mention. So landfills are quite huge in the U.S. Um, and again, it varies per city, the recycling program, what is done, what you put together. So in Germany, it's interesting because there's a very, a lot of, I should say, a lot of the trash is hand sorted. So for example, you put every plastic item into these light yellow trash bags that they collect and they hand sort them. And that could be like a yogurt container. It could be a flexible packaging pouch for beans or something. And it's all into one. And again, I found different um, statistics on how much is actually recycled, anywhere from between 30 and 60% of that flexible packaging that is recycled. But the rest of it is, they call it waste to energy. So they tend to burn a lot of their garbage and they use that as an energy source. So it's not generally going to landfills. So that's, I would say, a big difference too. Um, and again, I mean, it's, very, there's a lot of statistics, like what is what is worse than the other, but it's, mm-hmm. it's resorted to energy, which is great, than just sitting in a landfill. So uh, I think there might be some positives to that. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's really interesting. To close things out here, can you leave us with any tips or advice on how to live a more sustainable lifestyle? You know, whether big or small, what are some things everyday people can do to live more sustainably? Yeah, so in uh, to add on from what I mentioned before about just a mindset shift, about just thinking a little bit about your daily actions, things you've done every day. But I would say two main things would be how you invest your money. That's a really probably one of the biggest impacts you can have by changing um, what you invest your money in. So, for example, if you're investing in Bitcoin, a lot of us know that uses a ton of energy for mining, which is not all too efficient. So are you investing in Bitcoin or are you maybe investing in a company that's a little bit more socially responsible? They have fair wages, fair work practices. They offset their emissions. Uh, where is your 401k money invested? So there's a lot of opportunities now that you can choose and select what funds your money is sitting in and promoting. So that's something maybe just to kind of be conscious about, look into And secondly, you know, how you're consuming energy. I mentioned a bit before about, you know, can you maybe make a challenge with yourself about maybe I'm going to take my bike to work instead of my car or I'm going to try to combine my errands. So maybe instead of running to the store two or three times this week, I'm going to combine it. And one day I run all my errands um, to limit your emissions from your car. So and then to try to take public transportation if you can, if it's in your area. And is there anything else you'd like to add or shout out? Uh, Yeah, I would just like to mention, so the new magazine, Person and Planet, if anyone wants to share their sustainability or wellness journey, product service, I'd love to share that. And always looking for great photography, sustainable art is really fascinating too. So I'd love to share that in, in the issue too. And if anyone's interested, it's in digital and print on demand too. Awesome. And to conclude things here, I just wanted to thank you, Stephanie, for joining us today. It was a pleasure having you on and great to reconnect with a friend. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me. 
Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Flexible Packaging Roundtable. Don't forget to like, share, and comment on Glenroy's social channels. To learn more about what it is we do, visit our website at glenroy.com. See you next time.